Lads, we're back. Hello. We we're are back. Here. Woo! Hockey yes. trade deadline. Another week closer. I love our energy today. Yeah, you know, it's not like this is the third or fourth time we tried to start the show. It's only the second, so, you know, yeah. the shenanigans. Lads, how, how are we feeling today? Pretty, pretty good. Give me that, Alex. You have to feel certain good because news <laughs> of the weekend. It was a Friday night. It was late in the day. I was getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Elliot Friedman drops a little snippet. Tyler Mott will not be playing today. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Noel um, Achari to the Leafs. Okay. Um, said that St. Louis and Toronto were working on something, and oh boy, it's it's pretty big. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquire the big headline: Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Char. We can get up to that later because I thought there's a nice little nugget with a char I wanted to talk about. Um, from the St. Louis Blues, their captain, the former Selkie winner, the former Con Smythe uh, winner, former Avalanche, former Saber, when he hated the game of hockey, and now he's playing for his hometown team. In exchange, the Leafs do give up Mikhail Abramov. Adam Goddard, who we all remember is on that team, uh, a first this year, a third round pick this year, a fourth round, sorry, a second round pick in 2024. Uh, they also send a fourth round pick to the wild who helped make the money work the way this works. Basically, um, the blues retain 25% of this no, 50% of the salary, Minnesota take 25%. And that's why they get the pick. The Leafs also get in this deal, Josh Piller. Late round pick, I believe, in 2019. Uh, yeah, I think fourth it was, round, but, I but, think. Uh, whatever. Yeah. The Leafs get their guy. They have been doing something I have been screaming about on this show for years now. Get an Which elite is- center because you win down the middle. And how did it look last night? Ryan O'Reilly ends hey. up centering John Tavares on the wing yeah, and Mitchell would- Marner on the other one. I, I was going to say, you asked him to get an elite center and – they're not even going to do this thing you want them to do. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, to split well, him down the middle of his yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, because here's the thing: if you're in a pinch, you just do that. Yeah, like you just do it. I think heading into the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Yeah, it's only like been Matt, one game. Matt, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's been one game. Um. I love how last episode we were talking about Dubis's press conference and I got a I was like, I don't want this team to make half ass moves again. And the next literal next time we record, uh, they did the one thing that I asked them to do, which was bring in a bring in a player who will make an impact. Cause if you look at what the teams in the what the teams, let's say let's just look at the teams within the division do. Uh, or have done in the past is bringing guys who have made an impact and the Leafs really haven't done that in the last couple of years. And I think this is an impact, like no matter where he plays, whether that's in the top six, whether that's third line center, whether that's wherever, I, I think that's a, an impact. That's a really big impact. And, and he also like, I, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to discredit Jake, like the work Jake Muzzin has done, because I listen, man. That guy's a winner too. But this guy is a winner, right? This guy is a winner. He has a selkie. You, uh, you mentioned this before. I'm just repeating again. Won the cup. Won the con Smythe, right? Like that's what everyone. Like if you think about everything that we have said that the Leafs should get and what 
people outside, like outside of this podcast has said um, the leaf should get, he really fits most of what they need. The one thing I, I would argue he doesn't fit is the scoring aspect, but like, he can score. He won the con Smythe. Like you don't get that by not scoring. So I, I think that I don't necessarily have an issue that he's not the top six scorer that everyone has been clamoring for. Um, yeah. So it, it's pretty pretty exciting. I won't lie. <laughs> it's funny because um, I think Frank Savelli, the one who's tweeted it out, that you know Dubis said he wouldn't want to go for another rental but i don't think this is just any rental i think it is what you said alex that there is all those aspects of it that he brings in leadership um secondary scoring he's a proven winner and i think this was the right move so i'm gonna use a tim McAuliffe word right now so last episode we talked about timo meyer being number one on the guy that Alex wanted or a mm-hmm. lot of Leafs fans also wanted mm-hmm. and it's not per se the Ryan O'Reilly I think at this point of his career or the way that he's having this season it's not the and this is the Tim McAuliffe reference it's not the sexy name that you would want but I think it's the right name you would want so by the way his cap hit right now is 1.75 million dollars that's incredible um here's where I'm gonna sort of I'm gonna I'm gonna help point out the scoring aspect of Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I think he's normally very, very safe for 60 points. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty damn good. Um, but at least from the, from the data I was looking on, uh, on Twitter from people like Shana Goldman and that was basically was, what was holding back O'Reilly a lot when it comes to bracking up points was his line mates weren't finishing. And who uh, were his line? Did, did she say who were his? I didn't. I oh. didn't look expect like explicitly into it. But That's then okay. you got to think right now, like I, at least from the start of the year, Robert Thomas wasn't doing very well. Right. Tarasenko hasn't had you know his great year like he did last season. Um, you know the Blues. You know it's been a mess there this entire season. Um, you know when you go from sort of a super downturn to oh hey there here's Mitch Marner and John Tavares. Um, yeah, uh, I, you know including one of the you know, best passers in the league with Marner, who, you know, is turned into a capable 30 goal guy if he wants to. Uh, I love the move. Like, here's the thing. O'Reilly, I think you're going to see it up in scoring from him. Mm-hmm. The penalty kill is just such a massive upgrade and putting him on power play too. And they were talking about that on the panel last night. That's fantastic. You have room to make him another move. And Frank Cervelli was pointing at the fact maybe the Leafs have one more move on them um, with the LTI stuff and all that. That gobble ghoul. Um, you know, there's a move. If you still want to get that D with Jake McCabe, you can do it. I mean, if you want to go real nuts and go with Jacob Chicker, and um, you know, that's that's even great. Um, but I, I that's the thing with O'Reilly is just I, I think you're going to see that up in scoring because again, mm-hmm. he has he has line mates that can finish, and I mean, damn good line mates. That top six overall is just so stupid good now. Um, when we look at the return, or not the return, sorry, because I just want to touch on the Blues, because I do think people are dogging them a bit unfairly right now. Um, we will say, though, Nimala does not get moved. Matthew Knives does not get moved. Uh, Dubis says, basically, because of those prospects, he's okay with giving up draft capital. Not something they do every year, but mentioning the point that this season, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, they got to go for it. 
I think that's also really, really good for Toronto. Um, God, I'm so happy he said that. Like, I just, I'm like, because, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. That's fine. I just, it's that one specific point where, and and again, like I'm arguing with people on Twitter, so it's again kind of feels stupid. But there's portions of fan of the fan base who are under the impression that you don't like don't have to go all in this year because you look at Boston, you look at Tampa. It's like, but we've been, people have been saying that for three years, right? Like it's been multiple years where you're like, maybe next year, maybe. Okay. But no, like you, at at some point you have to say enough, enough. Like you're, the Leafs are at a point where you looked at the things they went through at the beginning of the season on the back end, where they had literally missing three or four of their top six defensemen at times and were able to sustain that uh, or able to do fine without them. Um, you, you're having guys who are playing in the AHL who were able to come up do fine. And you have the ability, like, this is a year to do it because you know, even if guys in the bottom six go down in the playoffs, at least there's a guy who's going to replace them. No one's going to have the best bottom six if their guys are injured. Like, you know what? I, I I don't know if that sentence makes sense, but they always say you need like eight or nine defensemen. Your ninth defenseman is not going to be a top four defenseman. That's, it's just a mat. That's an idea. That's doesn't make sense. Right. Like that's just, so this is I to me this is a for multiple reasons other than other than that specifically this is a year to do it you look Dubis last year of his contract Matthews and Nylander will be um, allowed to extend this coming summer like there's just a lot of factors sorry continue I think um, yeah I like what you brought up that it's you don't play to your division you learn to play against your division and that's what we've been saying the last few years is. That's the way Toronto's been stockpiling, the way they should be trying to build the team. And I kind of agree with you that it's just like you play, you don't play, you play to your role, you don't play to the moment of things. And there is a lot of security there. That's what I like about the Toronto team is that they're just slotting in. And if this is really the year we've mentioned, I've mentioned before, 2015 Blue Jays, um, Alex Andopoulos' last year does these types of moves. You know, there is no guarantee David Price was going to come back. He didn't come back. But those are the types of moves you make if you know you're confident in yourself and in the team. Another thing from Toronto's point of view I want to mention here, um, and it's something I, I kept kept thinking about. Um, bottom six, I've been critical of when it comes to Toronto. Um, they get a fourth line or a third line, whatever you want to distinct between the Kev line and the now Nola Chari line. Uh, that's a guy I think it's been mentioned that several teams have been interested in. Um, I want to say Boston was, or I think he was. He was. He was, he was a Bruin. Bruin. He, was, yeah. a Bruin. he was, a Bruin. was a Bruin. The two times they the Leafs played the Bruins, he was a and Bruin. Then Florida kind of overpaid him to the Leafs. That was it. Florida that was the team yeah. I was thinking of. So they go get Nola Char, and the reason I bring this up is this is uh, I wasn't that surprised when I thought about it that they went and got a Char because if we look at Kyle Dubas's history. Um, obviously, last year it wasn't just Mark Giordano; it was Colin Blackwell. We look at the Jack mm-hmm. Campbell trade; it was Kyle Clifford. He likes getting a second guy in there. Always likes getting a second guy in there. Mm-hmm. So, what I like about the move too is also getting Nola Char again. 
I think O'Reilly's a super sexy name. And obviously, you know, never forget he was very close to being a Montreal Canadian a couple of years ago. God damn it. Um, Nola Chari's not a sexy name, but that's, I think you win with guys like Nola Chari in your bottom six. That's what I really, really like. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go I was ahead. just, I, like, I, I think we're at a point where, listen, if Ryan O'Reilly is in the top six, I think your third line is Engvall, Camp, Yarncrook. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what it it was last night. It's been like that when Yarncrook's not in the tops uh, playing on the second line. I feel like that's uh, your third line as long as Ryan O'Reilly is in your top six. But I, while that while that's happening, it uh, it allow with Achari. I think you kind of ha- have an idea of what most of your fourth line looks like now like I, I i don't know if pontus holmberg is in the ahl or if he's um sick i know that was a thing and i can't find him on cap friendly because that would be he's in the ahl sorry mm. I, but their bottom six is like Zach Aston Reese, Nola Chari, and right now it's Alex Kerfoot. Listen, we'll get to what the next move for the Leafs are. Is. I don't think Alex Kerfoot's a Leaf past whenever the trade deadline is. I know nothing, but that's just my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think someone will fill that role, whether it's Pontus Holmberg, whether that's Joey Anderson, whether that's a guy they bring in, who the hell knows? Matthew Knight. Matthew, yeah, I, listen, yeah, I don't know, know if Matthew Nice is playing on the fourth line. I whatever. Besides the point, conversation for a different day. I think Nola bringing Nola Charian gives you a fourth line center that you can be more than okay with. So one look at the St. Louis Blues before we yes, quickly yes. go to Toronto here. Um, again, people are dogging on the Blues, maybe not loving their return. Here's the way I look at it, guys. And you let me know if I'm moving the goalpost. Um, from the moment they named O'Reilly captain, it really feels like, from what we know, that Tarasenko was never going to stay. Um, you know, we look at if they are sort of retooling here, they get rid of a UFA in Ryan O'Reilly, who got them a Stanley Cup. That's pretty good. Here's the way I look at it for the Blues. They've got young guys. They've got Jake Neighbors and that. Um, their D is a bit of a mess and it's kind of old. Fair enough. And expensive. But, and expensive. However, they have their two probably core young guys locked up with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And going into this draft, because of these two moves they've done moving out two of their stars, they have three first round picks in what looks to be a pretty sexy draft. Now, these aren't going to be the most luxury, like luxurious first round picks, but you're stocking up. I think they're in a worse position. So I feel like you can be in a lot worse position than the Blues are in right now. I don't hate the return. Um, again, it's not like O'Reilly not had extra years on their deals or whatever. And I think if you're the Blues last year, you're, you're going to keep going for it because you're a damn good team and you just won a couple, a couple of years ago. Um, but I, I don't hate it for the Blues. Could you do better? Probably. But just looking at the situation they were in, if I'm a Blues fan, I'm not super upset about the way they're looking right now. And they're also not done selling, by the way. Yeah. Like, but they have Ivan. Sorry, Ivan Barbashev will be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple. I, I was just listening to something. I don't remember the team they were talking about, but uh, it was Rain Dregs and uh, Ferrar was talking about Thomas Grice, and that's a guy who, listen, like, fine, he's thirty-seven years old, but he has this year left, and that's it. If there's a team looking for some type of insurance on the back end. 
that's a guy they can go and get. Like that's not going to fetch you a first or a second, but fine, you'll get a mid round pick out of that. Which listen, dog it all you want, but that's that's fine. I like to call that the David Riddick return. Sure, yeah, yeah, yes. third, whatever he was traded for, like a third or a fourth, yeah. a, a couple of years. Just the ago. insurance there. I, yeah, like I, I agree. Like I, I don't necessarily think they did poorly at all. Like if you look at it's okay from Tarasenko's perspective, like I don't do people think that he could have gone for more? Like I, I just uh, what am I? I think it's more the O'Reilly trade. I think that a lot of things we made that the Leafs did highway robbery. Oh no, 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 no! Like, but they did highway. Like, do you? They got more for O'Reilly than they did for Tarasenko. I think, um, and you know, I could be wrong here, but I just this is my thought: is the the other names involved along with the draft picks? Because Adam Gaudet's just a stopgap there, like at this point. That's a contract. Yeah, yes. that's a contract. Uh, Mikhail Abramov, you know, still a solid prospect, but it's not the, you know, featured prospect that the Leafs have talked about before in trade sure. discussions. Yeah, it's how. Like, listen, Meyer's different because there's team control and you wouldn't be surprised if New Jersey make that move and Alexander Holtz goes the other way. Because of the control with Meyer, you're not surprised by it. I think we have to have a look. How often does an A-plus prospect really get dealt for a rental? Does it really um, make sense? I think we're okay. You question, would be, question. Owen yeah. Tippett. What was he when he got traded? He's like a B minus. Okay. Yeah, so as long not, as we don't, as long as we agree, he's not a prospect. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There, there have been a few. Uh, you could get back to me on this because yeah, I, yeah, I don't I think so. I, I think about it. Like I, I don't. Again, we're going back to Eric Carlson, but again, mm. that's so different. That's a yeah. full year. Yeah, they it just doesn't get happen. Him, yeah, they didn't get him at the deadline. They had all the time. Gave him that extension. Probably have to move it now. But <laughs> um, you know, I just um again, uh if they if even even if they re-sign O'Reilly, because let's be honest, probably O'Reilly's best hockey, it could probably be this year and next. Yeah. He's 32. Um, even if they re-sign him, let's say it's a fair number. I I again I do they've said that what was that line? Like sometimes you gotta live with someone before you get married. Mm-hmm. Um well, but still, I I I like I like it for the Leafs. I like it. Um, okay, the move for the Leafs, I think it's safe to say, is probably a defenseman. Yeah. Who is the defenseman? Luke Shen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about Luke Shen, right? Let Let's have a discussion. Let's did have you, this okay, discussion. Did you see the quote he had? Though like I, I last did week, it. I, I did it. Okay, um, the quote, and you know, I'm not, it's not direct, but he talked about how the last few years, you know, in his career, he felt like he wasn't really wanted as much, and then now there's this trade buzz going on, but he said his heart is still in Vancouver. So, and and that's night. That's a great. That's exactly what you want Luke Shen to say. If you are anybody in management or that head or more so coaching staff, that is exactly what you want Luke Shen to say. Because let's be honest, it's not always fantastic. Um, what player? What those players say to the media sometimes. Um, so 
the rumors about Luke Shed moving for a first or a second are out the door. Like that, that's not happening. Right? Is he this they year's Ben much, They've pre- no, no, dude. They pretty much like they pretty much said that's not happening. I, I'll go look oh, after. I, that's Wait, what it seems uh, like. You it's, know, we got that's do? what I that's what I read out of Vancouver. At least it seemed like he's not this first. No one's offering that. So unless someone decides to offer that randomly, I I, I don't know if it's going to happen. But where does Luke Shen play in this lineup? Who is he taking out? Justin Hall, is that the easy? Is that the okay? So you're set, that's answer? the chi, that's the cheat code free space answer. Would you play Luke Shen over, let's say Connor Timmins? Because the other, you're he's not playing over Lily Grin. He's not playing over. It, it depends. Yeah, what you want out of the. I think when you get the slower, grittier hockey, I'd put Luke Shen in there. Well, think of it like this: if you're going Game Seven in the playoffs, who who's the coach going to trust more? A coach is going to trust well, Luke Shen more. This coach would trust Justin Hall over Connor Timmons. So, like, let's not get ahead. Of, he trusts. Like, let's not get ahead of. I understand. Let's not get ahead of ourselves on, on that. I I just listen. If the price is a mid round pick, screw it. Go for Luke Shen. That's fine. But to me, you're not making. I just don't see the benefit of making a. Make, taking a swing on a defenseman if he's not going to take – if he's not an improvement over anyone you have in this lineup right now. And frankly, like McCabe, fine. He is an, an improvement over Sandine right now. Um, I I would not say – listen, maybe I'm too harsh on him. I wouldn't take Joe out of the lineup for Jake McCabe. Um, Gavrikov, I, I, for the, I'm not touching – Sorry, I'm not touching Vladislav Gavrikov, guys. Not not happening. And and who else? Like who else is out there of significance? May I take you through the no. Adam Fuger oh, 201 I... podcast? Big board of trade yeah. and speculation. Big board. I thought you were gonna say Joel Edmondson, <laughs> and I was gonna get I was gonna lose my mind. You know, okay, no, no. so I was gonna mention like if we're having these types of like, you know, what is Luke Shen, for example? Like just as an example, mm-hmm. we have to have Curtis on to predict it. Well, now and then we'll know what will happen. Just—he's not coming on until he apologizes. Anyway, Wait, oh, okay, he's um, already come on. Since and then. let me say this about the Justin Hall Luke Shen thing: Do you trust Sheldon Keith to put in Luke Shen, Justin Hall, or Timmons? Listen, I think he'd put Luke Shen in. There you go. But if Luke Shen comes in, Justin Hall is not a Toronto Maple Leaf. Then would you really be that bad sad about it if it was Luke Shen instead? Like no, but like I Justin, just it's Justin Hall. Yes, I I okay. If it's a one for one deal, let's go go ahead. But like, I just why not go and try something a little bit bigger? So here are the defensemen I have on the board. Um, obviously not Edmondson. No, um, we mentioned Luke Shen. I don't know if Tyler Myers. Uh, that that's the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. If if they if if Tyler Myers happens, there's triple retention, double retention. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, is Nick Sealer a defenseman? Yeah. I think he is on the Flyers. Yeah, Nick Sealer. Okay, um, that could happen. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, not him. Carson Susie is available. 
Um, Dmitry Kulikov, uh, the poor man's defensive pickup every year, the deadline. Uh, John Klingberg, who I just put a sad face next to because that's been a disaster. That guy's lost so much. Uh, Shane Goss is there, who is day to day at this point. He could not be what, back. Yeah, but I don't think that fits what the Leafs like need. McCabe, obviously, and but if you're getting McCabe, you're probably giving up your 2024 first. Um, yeah. r- risky, maybe a little risky. Um, Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba, uh, Matt Dumba. Yeah, he's been there. Uh, Matthias Ekholm. I think that deal is too big. So much money. Yeah. Uh, one of Sean Walker or Matt Roy. I have kind of a vendetta against Matt Roy. Why? He's the one that knocked out Nick Robertson for the season. Oh yeah, oh, that's okay. fair. That's not um, um, Justin Braun. Uh, I and, wait. Okay. And okay. Even though it was said this guy's probably going to the West Coast, uh, Nikita Zaitsev. Dude, if Nikita Zaitsev comes back to Toronto, we're going to have a serious problem on this podcast. Did, did you guys? Okay, so like we've like, been using uh, we've been using a lot of former Leafs names here, right? And yeah. do you remember um, during the NBA deadline where like eight players went back to their original teams? Yes. And then um, it's just all those jokes. Everyone's like, oh, here's the first Photoshop look of this person yeah, in this yeah. New Jersey. Uh, how, yeah. how do you like that? It was very easy day for some of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just i i just it, the the issue is these guys. I just clearly no one available. I just if they're gonna make a move on D, I just don't see those players being of impact. Like you're gonna take Rasmus Sandin out for player X, Y, or Z. I just have trouble. I just have trouble with that. Unless he's going the other way for a chickering move. Sure. Yeah, but that's a swing. You know what I mean? Like that's a swing. What I like what I'm saying is, okay, let me uh, let me ask this legitimate I, I mean this sincerely. Out of so you listed like almost five to ten defensemen. How many of those defensemen are better than the Leafs eight seventh defensemen or eighth defenseman who is Jordy Ben? I think a few of them. Jordy okay, a couple, ben, listen, of, them. I, a couple I, of them. Yes. McCabe, I'm not the one to ask about Jordy Ben. You know, I, I, I know, I, don't, I know. I don't like that player. You listed a lot of like Jake McCabe, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Far better. Far better. Jake McCabe, far better. I'm just, you listed a lot of depth defensemen. What's the, what are, what are we doing? Well, um, like if that's the other move, that's, Th- th- these guys know how to hype things up is what I'll say. If that's the other move they're talking about. That's that's all I got. No, no, that's okay. It's not you. I mean, Toronto media is great at hyping things up. All right. Hmm. Anything else on that's this? That's whole... a good question, by the way. <laughs> what? No, that is a good question. How many of the guys are better than Jordy Ben? Because I think Gavrikov. Discussion but... for... Uh... Yeah, that's Another Gaver- day. Yeah. Is. Yes, yes, yes. It's like so the too. way the Blues are. It's like it's... last year, you, you know, it's the highest of highs, and then this year, it's just when things kind of settle. Yeah, I don't know. It's not too exciting. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's let's keep going here. Let's keep yep. going here. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Um, enough to beat Tampa, because ultimately, that's what all of this is about. No, obviously. Listen, say what you texted me. Uh, what? What? I texted what you texted you? me? Yeah. 
Um, after they made the trade, the the morning after. Hold on. Um, that's you blocking Mike. Um, me texting about Joe Edmondson. Um, Leaf there was Landis. something you said specifically about Tampa. No, I know what I said. I want to know what you two. No, no. Though. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I think it does. Yeah. I think O'Reilly is enough. I thought <sighs> they were going to beat the man. I thought the Leafs were making the finals last year. They're. Yeah. I mean, you never know with Game Sevens, right? <laughs> you never know. The issue, dude, like I, I want to say yes so bad. The issue I have is I don't know. Like Here's I have the thing, none of this matters if uh Samsonov can't keep up with Vasilevsky or Matt Murray, but I mean Tim's this is this yeah, podcast is Team Joe. Yeah. And Team Joe Wall. Yeah. Like like that that's all it's not I, I wouldn't even say it's key. yes. Okay. Let's call it keep up. That's a good way. Like the issue is, is we can always look like, I don't know if you saw Pierre Lebrun's uh, article after the fact where he asked about where he asked the same executives, a different question. And, and he, and one of them was like, I still don't like the goaltending. And it's like, okay, that's a hundred percent fair. And I, <clears throat> sorry, I understand why you have that sentiment, when you look at Tampa, how many goalies can you legitimately say could um, match the level of Vasilevsky? Because I can think of four other ones. And we saw that last playoffs too, Shosturkin versus Vasilevsky. Exactly. And that's one of them. Like it's Shosturkin, it's Sorokin, it's Soros, and I'm inclined to let's include uh, Connor Hellebuck in that as well. Yeah, that's fine. Who historically yeah. could do it. I mean, Would, we can throw Linus Allmark in there too. Yeah, He's having a really that. good year. Like, I don't want to discredit him. That's five other goaltenders. There are 32 teams. W- are any of these goalies available? Like, I, I just don't. You're ne- we're never. The goaltending is always going to be that mystery when it comes to the series. Okay. Anything else? No, no. Okay, I'm um, just going through stuff. Uh, the Habs and Leafs did did play last night. Um, I think the Canadians look like a team that was missing ten NHL regulars. Um, yeah. And Jake Allen did everything he could. Um, I just wanted to mention quickly off the top here. Um, obviously, for a couple of years now, I've been saying that I want to see Raphael Harvey Pinard get his way into the lineup. Twelve games this year, seven goals, nine points. Uh, not bad for a seventh round pick. Just wanted to say that plays his way to the top line. Here's a nice little nugget that I uh, I saw on Twitter. Did you know that actually before this year, uh, Nick Suzuki and Raphael Harvey Pinard have actually been on the ice together before? Really? Uh, let's mm-hmm. think. Let's think. Let's think. Um, Daniel, he... you think World Juniors? I think CHL. That's what we're guessing. I'm here. thinking, yeah, CHL. I don't, or under 18. So, uh, Harvey Pinard, off the top of my head, I believe probably played in the queue. Uh, yeah, he did. And obviously, Suzuki played in yeah. the O. Yeah, so that's the issue. Now, obviously, Mr. Harvey Pinard was drafted at 20 years old, so he was invited to Vegas camp uh, years ago, uh, where obviously Nick Suzuki was at one point a member of that organization. You know how far back I thought you were going to go. No, no, it's I'm not. Like, Ron I found McClain. a photo. I was going to say, that's got to be the most Ron McClain site you've, <laughs> you've talked about. Here's a picture of them in like 
Bantam. No. no, I was not. No, it was going around on on uh, Haps Twitter a couple okay, weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, and also like this article about Nick Suzuki about him, Cody Glass, and Eric Bransom got really close because they thought they were going to be the future of the Vegas Golden Knights, and no, none, and no. none of them were there anymore. <sighs> yeah, what a wild organization. And this thing of like, oh yeah, you know, um, uh, George McPhee obviously is like, yeah, he traded a younger player before, and he was worried about it biting him again, being Philip Forsberg, I assume. Yeah, yeah. And all these years, Nick Suzuki bit them in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really, really, yeah, that was really funny. Um, Justin Barron also, I wanted to mention, uh, since being called up and getting the lineup regularly, he's been really, really good. Happy for him. Um, especially now that Arbor Jack guy's out, and definitely we don't know the full thing of that yet because he's seeing a specialist. So it's uh, not season ending. No, I mean, not right now. It's not, but um, I mean, you know, when Arbor Jack guy gets hurt and he goes off the ice, you know, you're a little worried here. Uh, this was a big thing. Now, originally, this was mentioned by Pierre Lebron on TSN. That's why I'm not saying it's Jeff Merrick, because Pierre had it earlier in the week. Um, Pierre Lebron and Insider Trading basically saying, like, it's not going to look like a very juicy deadline for the Montreal Canadiens. Last year, obviously, it was it was fun. It was heartbreaking. Lekin and Kulak, we missed them all. Um, however, it seems to be a big problem for the Canadians this time around, is that we talk about Joel Edmondson, who is a UFA next summer, not this one. And we see Sean Monaghan, who is a UFA. They're hurt. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I, Monaghan could be... Say Louis said that Monaghan had plateaued. I don't know what that means in rehab, but... I don't know what that means either. He's not getting stronger, know. just staying in the injury. I don't know, man. You know, phase? I don't know. If, if they can get in the lineup as soon as possible and start getting their value up, I mean, everyone will just kind of keep singing about uh, Edmondson to the Oilers. But, you know, I can't fault Kent Hughes for not being able to trade Edmondson and Monaghan if they can't play. Like, the Monaghan move was already a home run considering you got a first-round pick. He came in and was great. Um, But obviously, I think they would have liked to have kept him and traded him because I think if he played the full year, I think he was going to be worth at least a first, a late one. I've been saying that all year, but then when you don't play for like five months, it's kind of hard to say that. I mean, like, that's still not out of the question, though. Like, maybe this year it's out of the question, but I don't see why he wouldn't want to resign. Like, I think if you he comes back next year, it's not like he's not going to have a spot on this team and no. you trade him this time next year. Like, that's still an option. Oh, yeah. Well, if you can... People mentioned Josh or Anderson, but that's probably an easier deal if you're going to do it. Probably in the off season because of his cap it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, it's still a little disappointing, though. I'll yeah. say that as a half saying because you want... This is because Kent Hughes has been so vocal about wanting another first-round pick, but then maybe that's Anderson in the off offseason. Um, and I just hope he's lying, saying they want to keep him. Please get rid of that contract. This is because Gallagher still hasn't played in how long, and they can't afford two of those contracts, please. Um, but like, I guess now it's really just, I think they mentioned Dodonov could be going if some team doesn't get their big offensive dude. That's right. why Jonathan Druin's come out and been point per game in his last 12 technically played games. There's not a lot of interest on him. And even if you retain half, that's like more than $2 million. Yeah. Um, if anything, you still see Kent Hughes cleaning up the mess of, of, uh, of Mark Bergman at points here. Yeah. And, and at the same time, like, I understand why it's upsetting, but I don't 
look at it as the end of the world, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, I think if there's one thing you can criticize Kent Hughes for, it's been this rumor that they could have gotten the first for Joss Anderson. We don't know the team or something, but that was going around. Right. Um, but everyone else, I can't really, you know, uh, this is going to be a tough stretch. The Canadians, obviously they have the most difficult schedule of any team. They got absolutely crap kicked out of them by the the Hurricanes. Where Mario San Luis was losing his mind with them. Uh, they lost a pretty, I think it was gonna an expected loss by Habs fans against the Leafs. Uh, it's not going to get easier, right? Um, so it's going to be a rough couple. Uh, rough. Uh, how much long is left in the season? Just under two months. Yeah, about yeah so. I mean, no rush. You're right. Uh, we look at the bigger picture here, as always, and. Again, I like what you said. the The whole cleanup of Mark Bergevin's moves it's still lingering, that mess. And I like that the development of all these guys is going in the right direction because we've mentioned, you know, Rafael Harvey, Pernard, Justin Barron, two guys that you know they were kind of question marks coming in to the season, and now they're getting a chance. So it's good to see. Barron especially, because I remember being very disappointed like the organization were with his training camp, and that's obviously why he ended up starting with the Rocket. Um, but, you know, it, it's good to see him coming back. Now it just, it's the hope his Caulfield comes. Well, I mean, the Caulfield contract is probably something that we're still wondering about, and I'm getting increasingly concerned why it's not signed yet. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you there. But, um, yeah, Joss Anderson, let's... Um, Let's get let's uh who, let's move that in the office. Who's uh Caulfield's agent? I think it's Pat Brisson. You're good, man. You're good. Don't worry. Your, your summer will be fine. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not a it's not a Mister. I got what's his name again? I'm so annoyed. I don't remember it because it was in the news for so long. What's oh Marner's agent's name? Um, um oh, not God. Alan Walsh. Oh my no, God! Alan Why Walsh. can't I remember his Even name? Flames fans are very Whoa. happy with Alan Walsh right now. Um, um, yeah, it's annoying oh that we God. can't remember it. No, this is was... good. This is good. This is why Darren Ferris. I just Darren Ferris. Yeah, that's go. it. Yeah, it's Listen, annoying I, that he's been so quiet. I'd rather him. I'd rather not remember his name to be honest. So I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm just going through my phone to find little nuggets to see if we're missing something before we go to the mates next major storyline here. Um, feel bad for Max Pacioretty, by the way. There's a picture of him at the outdoor game last night, like in a brace and everything. God, I feel bad for him. I saw this tweet. Max Pacioretty, who watched the Habs morning skate today, this is before the Carolina one, played more games with Alish Hemsky and Renat Valiev than anyone in the current Habs lineup, not named Jonathan Druitt. Sorry, did you say Renat Valiev? Yes. Wow. Mechanics deal. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Oh, I remember. I remember the name. That's why I recognize the name. That was wild. That was actually wow. so stupid. To well, you said Alex Hemsky? Yeah. But he was a hab? He was. Oh, Didn't I last think... long. Had a concussion. It was a, oh, it was I was a mess. remembered him as a oiler or a star. I was about to say, come on down. I think it was Dallas star. Before that Carolina game, by the way, the, the the Hurricanes introduced Cam Ward to the Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Here's what really annoyed me about watching that, besides the fact that I had to watch it. Um, so Tom Dundon is there. Obviously, you know, he's there. Um, uh, well, I can't remember the GM's name. Uh, Don Waddell. Don Waddell is there. Don Waddell's got a suit on. Everyone's looking pretty dapper. Tom Dundon is there in a track, shoot, tra- track suit and a hat. And his arms are crossed. I'm like, you are so disrespectful 
And he just doesn't look interested at all. I'm like, can you at least try? I know you haven't been around long enough to remember Cam Ward, probably, Mr. Dundon, but uh, relax. I mean, you know, no offense to Cam Ward, even though he's kind of, you know, had like one good season and then it was kind of like. No, he was all right. I, I mean, okay. I, I was a, I don't know why. One elite when I was, season. One when I was a kid, season. I really liked Cam Ward. I think some, he, I he gets a bit too criticized nowadays, yeah. but he was never, he was never, uh, I don't think he, he was ever that as good as he was that one year, you know? Yeah, I think because of that, I think he was consistent when the Hurricanes didn't know what they were doing. Which is a shame. Yeah, yeah sorry. Like, I just, they know what sorry, they're doing I, now. I, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. I just pulled up his stats. <laughs> like, some of his stats, some of his games played are, like, ridiculous. What yeah. are they? He, so, okay, so uh, in consecutive seasons, he played 60 games, 69 games, 68 games. That same season, he played 18 playoff games. Uh, 47 in one year. The year after, he played 74. He went 37, 26, and 10. Then he played 68 games. Yeah, they really <laughs> didn't know what they were doing, did they? Yeah. Holy... Oh, him and to my boy goalie. Eric, they know what they were doing. Oh, Got another goalie, guys. What are you doing? And now they have three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they went the opposite way. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> uh, they, they were ahead of the curb for the whole you need two goalies thing, aren't they? Uh, yeah. They're going to make be the team that makes three goalies work somehow. Exactly. Um, yeah, shout out to when they all get hurt in the playoffs, probably. <sighs> this is when they that. realize, you know why? Carolina. They forgot they don't have a taxi squad anymore. Yeah, oh, that might be it. Fair enough. Um, guys, do you know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And as Alan Wall says, also negativity sucks the joy right out of players. CC Calgary Flames. Now, um, they did win last night. This was following a pretty tough loss, though. And even last night when they played the Rangers, they were up 2 nothing and had to win it in overtime. Um, you know, Jonathan Huber though said he didn't know anything about it, which if if it's hmm. true, um, this is the second he, time there's been a yeah, direct was... shot of the coach from Alan Walsh without his client knowing. I, I'm sure this time around Adam Wild will not criticize it because he has a podcast with Alan Walsh, but that's just uh me. can I just uh say something real quick? Go ahead. We have a trade. <gasps> oh. Okay, scale of one to ten. Oh dude, it's like a five. It, it's okay, that's not bad. Yeah, it's good. Not okay, bad. okay. Um the Ottawa Senators have acquired Julian Gauthier and a conditional seventh round pick in 2023 for Tyler Mott. Wait, wait, who to who? Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Oh, so they got Tyler Mott back. He was a Correct. he was a Ranger, wasn't yeah. he? Talk you know what's about, crazy? Uh, okay, this yeah. is the crazy thing I hear from the, like this is my first reaction for this trade. The height difference between both players. Why? Why? What's the height difference? Like Julian Gauthier is like what almost six five. Is he? Yeah, he's huge. Like he was supposed to be like a tip, you know, modern power forward when he was drafted. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Please I have the conditions. Please read this. Should the Rangers advance past the first round of the 2023 Stanley Cup Finals, which they will, the pick will improve to the lower of the Rangers or the Jets 2023 sixth round selection. Okay. So it's a sixth round pick. Okay. Doing go to, like I, I don't understand the, I, I whatever, you do you, bro. Like that's sick. 
It's they're six they're around pick. the same age too, right? Like no, no, no bots no, like no, three no. years go, go, older. Gautier's Gautier is, uh, is younger. He's like, oh, he was like the 2016 draft, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, time to take uh, Tyler Mott off of the big board. Gotta <laughs> update our trade thing after that. Um, Tyler Mott. Oh man, there you go. Okay, let's go back to the Calgary Flames. Unless we want to discuss this trade. Uh no, no. Okay, great. The Rangers get a depth guy because they have what like something Lucision's playing. Cool. Yeah, no, good move. They needed another depth guy. Um, yeah, maybe it's time for Daryl Sutter to go. Maybe. I don't Listen, know. The, can I just say something about the tweet? Uh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go okay. Ahead. I'm not going to criticize Alan Walsh for tweeting. That's not, this isn't a credit. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Oh, I it's don't great care. content. Great it's great stuff. content. Am I the only one who looks at this as a massive distraction to the team? I get they won yesterday. That's super cool. Is that not a distraction for the team? I mean, was it, it not is. a distraction when Mark Andre Fleury um, or when Alan Walsh did the same thing? About yes, Mark yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, it yeah, was. No, of course. The sword. It's awful. <laughs> Okay, I just I want that. I just want to put that out there. I just didn't understand why that wasn't like, a, wasn't that, a topic of discussion. You know, I'll give him sword, credit though. Yeah, for protecting his clients, or actually like being in like you know their best interest, but in an extreme you, way. You know, do you think yeah. that really protected his client? Like I I mean this I be, I, I, because from my perspective it, it is, and listen, I I don't know the agent game. Like I, I'm just looking at it completely as an outsider. When you tweet something like that, and when you tweet something like you did with Marc Andre Fleury, you are directing all the attention to your client. What was the most talked about thing in Calgary the other day? Jonathan Huberto. Jonathan Huberto and his lack of production in Calgary. Not yes, Daryl Sutter was brought up, but let's go through the comments. Let's go see what people have been saying about Jonathan Huberto lately because they haven't been great things. Like, yeah. and it's not all his fault. Like, we'll have we let's talk about Daryl Sutter. Sorry, I don't mean to go on a tangent, but like, that's fine. Go ahead. At some like it's a distraction for Jonathan Huberto. Like he was asked about this yesterday. That's that's my thing, but Daryl Sutter. I, I don't know, like to me, it seems like it's a lack of, um, I don't not change like compromise. Like you have to see that this isn't the same team as last year, right? That's what this comes down to. A lot of moving pieces there, yeah. right? That we've talked about it in our off season preview that. There's just so much going on in Calgary that there is the talent. There are the ability of this team to, you know, recoup what they lost in trades and free agency. But that previous group was together for so long and they were crucial pieces. So I, I kind of agree with that, that there just hasn't been that same chemistry we saw before. You know, when people are like, ah, oh, the music today is not as good as it used to be. I think that's Daryl Sutter when he looks at the Calgary Flames. You know, uh, man, we were really good with Johnny Goudreau and that. Make it work! Make it work, man! Your defensive core is nasty! It took you how long to finally go with Dan Vladar? Come on, make it work! Make it work, my man! You're not being paid all this money. and the... It's just, and the thing about, like, attention being on him, you think 
you think Daryl Sutter's going to be any kinder or give any more leeway to Jonathan Huber now? No. No. No, of course not. You think you think Daryl Sutter cares what Alan Wallace is going to tweet? No. No. He's at that age where he doesn't care. He can go back to his farm wherever he lives, and he's not going to blink about this twice if he gets fired. Oh, man. I, the Flames are starting to get to that point where um, it's kind of like how I feel about Alex Kerfoot when I'm like, just trade him already because I'm sick about hearing about this. I'm starting to get to the point where Daryl Sutter, when I don't want him around anymore because I'm I'm just like, the bit's gone stale. Like, by this, like, you know those old videos of him just being, you know, that dry humor stuff? No. No. Come on. The, the greatest coaches in the league now are guys like Rod Rod Brindamore, who's who's like this your happy uncle. Daryl Sutter's not that. He's a grumpy grandpa. Grandpa, sorry. Not uh, I just think we the Flames need to I don't know if they're gonna fire him. But everyone knows about the thing with the owner and how much you like. I, I don't know what they're gonna do, but I think it's safe to say that this relationship probably shouldn't continue. It's not fruitful anymore. They're just keeping... Yeah. It, it's like staying together for the kids, but at this point, they, the kids are adults. They're past college or whatever. I don't know what we're doing anymore. I think his brand of coaching and like the way I'm seeing it is it's like lightning in a bottle, right? And I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. back on the success the, the Flames had before with the Ginla. And then I'm looking also at the LA Kings that they were able to be so dominant for that one window with Daryl Sutter. But then what happened after that? That the message wasn't the same anymore. So, so, like, I don't know. This Calgary reached a point with him already that the that magic is not there anymore. That's a possibility. Like, just to go back to Adam's point about like what the best coaches in the league do. There's a uh, there there's a level of adapting that that that's done. Like you don't get the same cast of characters in every on every team. Like, go look at um listen, I, I'm gonna use John Cooper. I can use Jared Bednard too. Like, go look at the change of uh players on a constant basis on those two teams. They're not the same. Now, the like I, I think the difference between those two teams and the Calgary Flames are listen, the stars changed. No more Kachuk. No more Goudreau bringing in Kadri and Lin, uh, and Huberdeau. Like, yeah, I, I understand it's a different bit, a uh, different group, but at so you, the same time, you have to adapt. Like, there has to be some adaptation here. Like, you can't play the same style with a d- different groups of players. You can miss Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk all you want, but at the end of the day, they're not coming back. You're you're this is the group of guys you can have. You can make you know who made shots at uh management before? Mike, Mike Babcock. Babcock. Yeah. yeah. Where, where that where was the uh, yeah, exactly. Right. But for different reasons, but like that him making shots at man or taking shots at management did not help him. Did not help him. Him running out Patrick Marlowe in the last two minutes of a playoff game did not help him. Um, okay, just move on because we have a few more things I want to get to that are yeah. kind of important. Yeah, yeah. 100 points in 56 games for Connor McDavid. Oh, not Connor Bedard. Uh, not, not bad. Not bad. Well, and, <laughs> and Connor Bedard. We're getting to that, Alex. Sorry. So, I didn't know. I, I didn't swear. know. I didn't know. 
I didn't Sir, know. How was I supposed? How was I supposed to know? Because I mentioned McDavid. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Okay. No, you're, you're fine. Whatever. Notable CHL players with back-to-back 100-point seasons prior to turning 18. Connor Bedard, John Tavares, Sidney Crosby, Vincent Legabe, and Mike Boston. There. Go ahead. No, nothing. I didn't, oh, yeah, I, got, I, I didn't know you were going to bring up Connor Bedard. Oh, wait, we were. Okay. All right. Sorry, yeah, they're good. Just be named yeah, Connor and you're going to be gross. Exactly. Are you going to name your child Connor? No, yes. I'm naming him Cedric and my daughter Rose. If oh. the woman I marry one day doesn't like it, that's tough. Too bad. I'm going to go with so Connor. Random. I'm going to go with Connor. Well, Cedric after Cedric Paquette. You're not going to be, at, not gonna not be after the... Cedric Paquette. But... <laughs> From Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, I hit my desk so hard. It's oh. the mic out. Oh. Oh man! I didn't hit the mic, Daniel. Don't worry. It's just okay. It's Cedric. okay. Don't worry. I, didn't, uh, I don't know what happened. The microphone belongs to the podcast now. Uh, shout out to my uh, my my setup being as you know reliable as the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, shout out to them <laughs> saying that Phoenix Copley didn't want to fight with John Gibson, and then the King saying Phoenix Copley has as many wins as you have all season. Dude, that's classic. By the way, the refs uh, let the goalie fight happen. Losers. Yeah. Do, do St. Louis and uh, L.A. play again this season? Oh, you know what I'm thinking? I'll, I'll double check, but that you know what I'm thinking? I don't need to Not say even, it. Jordan, what's there to fight for this season now? My mic is back. There we go. Hey. But you know what I mean? What's there to fight for now? What's there uh, to go. fight when you're down for nothing and taunting the other team's bench? Nothing. You're down yeah, for he, nothing. He's such a loser. He's such a weenie. Okay. They, they play March 4th and uh, March 26th. That's shout bad. out to Marty Walsh, who in the middle of March will officially be taking post as executive director of the NHLPA. Um, hopefully the money he got from Jacob, Jeremy Jacobs when he was running for mayor isn't going to be a sign of things to come. Uh, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's mission number one for the PA? You can't say getting the players more involved because that's been said to death over numerous podcasts. Um, okay, I have one. Okay. Let's find a way to let let's come to ter let's sorry, let's find a way to um not have the salary cap only go up a million dollars this offseason. Oh, he took mine away from me. But yeah, let's not let the league bend them over after having record revenue. Losers. Right. I was sorry, gonna say that. Sorry, too. Daniel. That's okay. You want me to think of a second one? No, it's okay. Well, mine was worded differently. It was like gradual increase. After the one million, so you know it. It was they complement each other. Hmm, what's a what's another one? I can't I can't think of one. I was gonna go with get the players more involved. Like that's such a big yeah. one, so I don't think that away from us. But it got us thinking. I like that. Volley um, sports. We'll yeah. move on. Uh, please do a good job. Um, everything to hear Sinclair and all that skipping out on that. Oh no! Oh Excuse come me. on. Heard that. Um, if you you know skip down that massive payment, millions and millions of dollars, so bankruptcy it looks to be coming. I think it's twelve NHL teams um, basically going to be affected by this. Canadians, we won't really be affected, obviously, because TSN and that are it's different. It's completely different. Um, I do wonder if there is a route here where eventually regional blackouts become extinct. 
Maybe. Dude, I- I'm crossing my fingers. Bollywood, it's mostly Californian teams, right? That's um, what I know from baseball. I think I, I think I have them up here. Uh, so the NHL teams are Anaheim, Arizona, Carolina, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit. That's a big one. Florida, LA, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Interesting. I, I'm crossing my fingers that we move away from that. Like I'd like to watch as many games as possible. Not Met, the three uh, or know, four that are on my television on a nightly basis. One of the earliest rants I used to have on this podcast was, you know, um, before I have the certain uh, TV setup we now have at my home, um, you know, I'm a Habs fan who lives in the GTA. Actually, I don't know if Pickering is technically the GTA, but it's kind of like Mississauga where it's like it basically is. We can say it is. Okay. Even if it's not. I think so. I'm a Habs fan. As the, you know, the jersey and the multiple carry price things behind me can tell you, and the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, he was and, the light and, uh, for so long in Montreal. <laughs> yes, he was. He was the uh, and, all, and all that the, the leading guy, like the BD one, like a one show up Jedi Fallen Order. Anyway, um, you know, um, unless it's a national broadcast, I don't get to watch the or I used to not be able to watch the Canadians. Okay. I want and enjoy watching my hockey team play. And if you do not live in the market, and sometimes remember the Colorado stuff a couple of years ago, you can live in that market and you won't be able to watch it. Um, I hope it's a way forward. I hope well, – didn't the, the NBA just start this, like, the new streaming thing or whatever? Yeah, they did. Yeah, what, so be- what is – sorry, I don't mean – what is that? I just I, – I saw him present it, but I didn't actually understand what it was. Daniel, it's like hoping- a subscription where – you could basically play like watch every game and there's an app for it. Oh my god. Oh please. Please. <laughs> oh my god. We don't even have like NHL now or anymore or whatever it was. Now we deal with Sportsnet now that's as <sighs> as functional as like a three-legged horse. It doesn't mean it, it's awful. Why is it just so difficult to watch this country's <laughs> most popular sport? Why do they make it so difficult to be a fan? You, you know, I would love to just uh, I'm not even asking to watch all 32 teams. I'd be, you know what I would ask for? Hey, man, can I just watch all the Canadian teams? Like, screw it. Fine. Don't give me 32. Just give me seven. Let me enjoy the sport that I love. The same two companies literally have the rights across the country. Do they not? Is there another magical one I don't know of other than Sportsman and TSN? I think technically it's it's different in Quebec because it's Tavia and LDS, but they're basically just sort of. LAS is basically like the French TSN TSM. in a way. So, but they're basically like under that umbrella for like, the different languages. So, but it's basically it's basically just TSN and Sportsnet. Yeah, like you brought up the Colorado and literally in Ontario, if you live in Kingston, you may get the Ottawa Senators one or you may get the Leafs one. Like it just depends. How ridiculous is that? Well, and here's the worst one: is if you live in Belleville, you oh, are yeah. in the, the regional realm where you can watch the Sens, the Leafs, and the Habs. But we, again, in Toronto, cannot watch the Canadians when if you take the train, it is four and a half hours away. It is that close. And we can't watch them play if it's a regional game. There will be Saturday games that are not picked up nationally. Saturday night games. A couple of years ago, year after St. Louis win the Cup, when this podcast started in that summer, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, I think it was, the Canadians host the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues was not picked up nationally. If you did not live in Montreal or that area or Belleville, apparently, you could not watch it. 
that's where this sport is at. Again, it's not a sports net issue. It's not a technically a bell issue. It's the NHL at the end of it. And it's so dumb and it's so – it's just I'm having flashbacks right now. Thank the, God for IPTV. The MLS is um, ahead of the NHL in this. The MLS, who people do, – don't even get me started. Like, uh, whatever, man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, Jacob Rana got called up. Hopefully That's that works out well for, him, really for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, keep going, keep going. Um, shout out to Kevin Durant going on about the the uh, dunk competition. Maybe if you guys, you stars, actually tried, maybe it would be going on. Um, hypocrite. What um, did he not like it? Nah, he was just going on about nonsense. You know, Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin. What did he say? Twitter. No, wait. What did he say? I actually didn't see this. It's just, no, it's, it's just a, he's a fraud. That's all I'll say. It's Kevin to fraud. But um, did he Island, not like it? Why didn't you tell me what he said? It's just the thing, man. Just, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you go search it up. I'll let you go search it up. Um, the Islanders are kind of bad, which is funny. But anyway, um, a few things here is I'm quite trying to quickly go through um, my many photos where I have all my notes. Those are names I got to add to the big board. Big board. Okay. Big board. A few notes here. So Jacob Chikrin's not going to play until he gets traded from Coach Andre Tournier, which is very annoying. Um, he is out for trade-related reasons. We know this. We mentioned this. So is Vladislav Gavrikov. So is Tyler Mott. Um, he was the know, first domino. <laughs> here's what's really dumb is I think this is very stupid to do because I think you're going to – the longer you do this without anything being imminent, I think the more you're going to piss off the league. And I think – you know, I think they're going to remember that down the line. Arizona can't piss off the league. Yeah, that's true. They've already done so that. much that they're still taken back. They're still they supported. Lost, <laughs> they lost more draft picks than the Blackhawks did for covering up sexual assaults. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's very true. The Arizona Coyotes cannot piss off the league. But can we just get this? Can them and the Kings just shut up and kiss? Can we just get this done? Or before the Boston Bruins move in and get him, because that's probably going to happen. That might, yeah, that could happen. Like, just the way it feels, like who knows what prospects they have, but it's the Bruins, so it doesn't matter. They'll pull it off. Yeah, like I mean, do it. But they have like Fabian Lysol. It's a good, it's a good pickup for the Kings. We've been talking talking about this for some time. Everyone's been talking about the Kings as an option. First event's uh, telling them, no, oh, the price is too much. We can't yeah, give up first yeah, yeah. Can you guys Only tell me about Christian this? Dvorak. So exactly. I'm looking for the Kings side, and you know, we we, we hear uh Brant Clark, for example, or Quentin sure. Byfield is off the table, but like I'm just really confused. Like, what happened to Alex Turcott's value? Uh, I don't know. Would you like him for Charles Sanders? May I have him for Charles Sanders? Because remember when he was touted as like the next number one center for them, and then yeah. they're like, you know, he'll be a solid second line center. And then ever since I heard that, like a few years after the draft, I just haven't heard much. Or if you look at, you know, a lot of hypothetical 2019 redrafts, it's like he's not even in the top 15. You know, I don't agree with everything this person says, but I remember Patrick is on the podcast and he said he wasn't super high on Turcotte as other people was. So he was right about I that. I mean, it's also his third professional year. Yeah. Like that's I, also true. Yeah. Like I'm not particularly pressed. I don't know what his value is, but I'm not particularly pressed. Would you like him for Josh Anderson? My guess is they say no. So I want to talk about a, a team very quickly here. Okay. 
Um, this is a team I expected to play a little better this year. Um, they did give the Panthers a thumping last night, but I really hope this GM is smart enough to realize where this team really is. Um, they've been in the news recently because he went on to, um, I think he was doing Nashville Media or something, like a radio show or something. And David Poyle, GM of the Nashville Predators, said, you know, um, not ready to save their salaries yet, but if things keep going the way they are. Uh, I think that was after they lost to the Coyotes and they got absolutely bet by the Bruins. Uh, Chase Bobrovsky out last night and they play the Minnesota Wild right now, which uh, that screams a four-point game to me, especially because right now they have two games in hand over the Wild and are five points behind them. And then if we also look right now, they are, if we look at this, five points back of the Flames with three games in hand. And then the Oilers are also in there. So those are the sort of main teams they need to beat, but um, the Oilers are nine points ahead. You're not going to catch them. So uh, this wild game is actually extremely important for Nashville. Um, listen, uh, I think it's time in Nashville. I think it's I think it's time to rebuild. I uh, you know it doesn't help that they just resigned for the Forsberg and when they got McDonough, which I thought were both smart, great moves for them. Um, egg on my face there. I'm in the wrong, but I, I think it's I think it's time in Nashville. I think we've we've played this game long enough. I yeah I mean I guess like I could agree my question is where on earth do you start what are you moving and how Nino Niederreiter okay at home it doesn't look like they can do a lot at the deadline it feels like a lot of off-season surgery to be honest doesn't it yeah like to okay let's go let's look who has relatively close to UFA status Johansson has three years Grandland has three years. Neil Ryder has two years. Uh, Ekholm is four. McDonough is four. You know who's going to be a UFA in three years? UC Soros. Listen, I'm not saying they trained UC Soros. I'm just if we're going, you're going to rebuild. He's going to be thirty in three, like three years, right? Like again, just an idea. Good thing they have a goalie in the system. Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. What helps exactly. us okay, rebuild? Hold on. I'm exactly. going to rewind to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago because I, I want to. Because when I said you need two goalies, uh, at this point, because of the surgery that needs to be done, I think it's time to. Again, I don't like trading goaltenders, but I I'm sitting here and I don't want you to waste his career like you probably did Pecker in it. I'm going to hit that finals appearance. And what happened? It rejuvenated the. Nashville market. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But like, I understand. Like guys, guys, oh, just one thing, Dan, before I throw it back to you. The the equivalent of having a jersey thrown on the ice happened in Nashville the other day against the Bruins. You guys see what happened? Yeah. They yeah. threw, for anyone who didn't, they threw a catfish on the ice. Normally that's for like a that's a fun thing, but they were getting destroyed. They threw a catfish. That's like throwing a Carrie Underwood album there. But you get it because I like, remember Carrie. Yeah, I got it. He was a Mike Fisher. And like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with I agree. Like, yes, they're probably gonna have to rebuild. Like they're gonna have to rebuild. The question is to me is how on earth do you start this and you're not starting it this? Like, are you gonna trade Tanner Janot? That's the option right now. Uh, what is he though? So I have not been a great year compared to last year. Middle six top nine guy. I, I kind of agree. Fun. Yeah, like you know, we had our fun last year, the the return of Matt Duchesne and to a certain extent, Ryan Johansson. 
they got destroyed by but the abs. I don't know. Maybe would they take the Kings route because they they kind of have to take the LA Kings route where which was you just let the who's going to take these contracts for this long? So okay. a retool on the fly. <laughs> More of like you just play the guys, see what you can do. Maybe you'll get lucky with a second overall pick, you know, a top five pick here and there, a top 10 pick. And then you retool when you think that you have the right young core and, you know, trade strategically, I think. Like, you know, Tyler Toffoli as an example. Because, you know, Niederreiter after this year is one year. You could give something for Niederreiter. I mean, I think that's a good player. I think a team could like him as a middle six score. See, to me, like I'm looking at okay, this is it's gonna be a tough one to move, no doubt. But Matthew Shane has 43 points in 52 games this year. Now, gonna be a tough contract to move, 100%. Here's where the issue begins. July 1st, 2023. Oh no! He has a modified no trade clause where he submits oh! a seven-team no trade list. So you still, which is all of Canada. Let's just be real; it's all of Canada. He's he's done his time here for a year and a half or whatever it was. Um. So sorry, just one thing here. Remember how David Poyle's thing for years was he didn't give trade protection out to people. I think like Yossi was like an exception in that. You gave it to Duchesne. Yeah. Remember how hot the market was for him? Is is that how you outbidded the Canadians for him? You gave him a what are you thinking? Thank God the Habs didn't do that, by the way. Yeah. Oh man. Um why is he on trade protection? Why? Uh, there's like one. Well, McDonough doesn't count. So Yossi, Forsberg, and Duchesne. You know why? It's from desperation out of a need right because remember that whole thing with nashville before it's like they needed they a need, first line center they need a first line center and then they went out and it's like you know okay cal Turris didn't work out okay uh ryan johansson didn't work out okay matt duchene didn't work out but you still kept giving them money yeah when does when does Poyle lose his job because what ownership um, was saying hey buddy listen um you know maybe it's time for a new voice here if he decides they're not going to rebuild my guess is he's gone within a year or two of that. That would be my guess. I I, I don't know. Because the thing is, like, I, and I think, Daniel, you made a really good example that they're like the they're going to have to go the LA Kings route. And they're set up to go in the LA Kings route contract-wise, too. Uh, now, not the same. I'm just comparing them. Roman Yossi just signed an extension and Philip Forsberg signed an extension. Yep. Go. Who do the LA? Who did the LA Kings have? Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar. I'm not saying they're of the same quality. I'm just saying that's what they mean to the franchise. Like, uh, they're that the legs of those contracts are eight more years, and they're yeah, th- though you're not you you're not moving those two. Like no. that's just not happening. All right. Um, that's everything for now. Thank you okay. for listening. Um, I was just guys. making, I was just cleaning stuff up. Got to add Tyler Mott to the trade tracker. One podcast trade tracker. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. 
said that already. Why don't you two do the outro? All right. Thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, make sure to check us out on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you uh, – also wherever you listen to podcasts throw a review i saw yeah, we sure. finally i finally find sorry i saw we finally hit 10 five-star reviews on uh spotify so that's cool still yeah still have that two star on on itunes uh, i want to know who that. that is we need to still, ask the fantasy league to give us more still, reviews on spotify wanna, yeah i don't want to ask I'm i don't want to ask, ask the fantasy league. No, no, that's the word daniel that's that. a horrible horrible sorry yeah, sorry by the way march 1st is our uh, trade deadline by the way guys remember that okay yeah. isn't it also the league's trade deadline no it's the third, the third. Oh. two days after that would have been funny um, alright that is everything bye bye bye